0: Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Startup the Year podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, co-founder and co-CEO of Established, co-founder of Established Ventures, and the team behind the Startup of the Year community and this very podcast. Thank you for listening. In this this episode, uh, we're going to hear a special conversation between Andrew Gwen from Bark and Matt Hunkler from Powderkeg. They talked about product strategy and the product mindset at our ninth annual Startup of the Year summit. Andrew is a customer-obsessed product leader who builds products for uh, consumers. He's a you know humorous human centred problem solver with decades of experience leading product teams across the companies like Bark, Zappos, Capital One, and AOL, where he was on e commerce, finance, media, and advertising products. Uh, he's also shipped several award winning, highly highly rated mobile apps with and web experiences for millions of happy customers. And so we had to, we had the pleasure of having him join us in Tampa to share some of his product expertise and mindset. And uh, now he's over at Bark, which started as BarkBox, which was a sub- subscription uh, subscription service when they were super hot. And now they still do that, but they also have other products, BarkBox, Super Chew, as well as an e-commerce play, uh, pro- platform called uh, barkshop.com. So a lot going on over there. And what wouldn't be more interesting than um, working for a company that's very uh, pet or dog-centric, um, as a pet owner or dog, dog owner actually, I, I appreciate that, and I hope uh, all the dog lovers out there do as well. So thank you for what you do, Andrew, and thank you for being here. Uh, but before we get started with that interview, we actually started a new sec- uh, session, or segment on the Start of the Year uh, podcast here. It's uh, going to shine a light on some of the folks in our community, because we have a community of thousands of startup founders and different companies, and uh, we're going to start bringing one to the forefront every uh, episode. So our first company is actually a company called Ahead. Um, they are interesting if you're a traveler, especially, uh, because it takes full advantage of termination of airline change fees. Uh, and so basically something you could, you can all take advantage of if, if we're a flyer, um, the way it works is they track your purchased itinerary, uh, the day, you know, from the day you buy it to the day it takes off. And then the price of your ticket, you know, if it goes down, they automatically exchange the ticket and sell you the, sell you, um, the, uh, airline credit from, from the change. So it sounds pretty Pretty interesting. If you're interested in in checking out more about it, go to planeahead, like airplane, planeahead.co to learn more. And uh, we appreciate Plane Ahead being a part of our community. So uh, check it out and learn more there. All right, now let's jump into that conversation with Andrew and Matt.
2: I am so excited to have this conversation and it's going to be a quick one. So I want to dive right in. Uh, We've got someone with over a decade of product experience here. Um, someone I actually got the chance to hang out uh, a couple times on Clubhouse uh, during the pandemic, but now we're meeting for the first time in person. So it's awesome to be here with all of you and, and get to chat uh, live in front of y'all. Uh, Andrew, uh, I, I know you're, you've had a ton of experience at Zappos, Capital One, now leading product at, at BarkBox. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got into product in the first place?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, humbled and honored to be here. There's amazing things that's going on throughout the day. So thanks for Sitting here with us and just having a conversation together, um, getting into product, uh, Matt, uh, got, gotta ha- have a shout out to well, Fletch in the room. Uh, he got uh, Jen, of course, Jen Consalvo, Frank Gruber, and uh, we share something in common. We came from AOL. That's where uh, I got my feet wet, and right time, right place, right people. A little bit of luck. Um, seeing the intersection between um, creating product strategy, really just. The technology behind it, the design, the business aspects, and having uh, a pure appreciation across all three aspects, that's what product is all about. And so I was lucky to be in the area of these wonderful people that saw that um, aspiration and nurtured that and and helped give me my first break. Um, So that's that customer obsession and building products that make people happy. That's ultimately what it came down to and finding the right opportunity, right people.
2: I'd love to ask just a little bit about the AOL days of product. I'm sure there was a lot you learned there because it was your first product role, but was there anything that surprised you about the approach to product that really helped make it successful at AOL?
0: Oh, sure. Um, Well, I I think there's just a fantastic storied history around product management and um, AOL. And in case people don't have some of that history, Netscape was acquired by AOL, and some of the well-known people, Mark, uh, Andreessen, Ben Horowitz, some of the most resounding product figures in the space, they spent some time over there, set up some of the culture, and uh, let alone other people that ran through AOL stores. Um, So I think part of what made it great is that uh, product was uh, nascent and still is in so many ways. A lot of people are just figuring out what product means for them. Um, so I think that history, building that foundation, what it meant for a shrink wrap product, and what it meant for a digital product that um, had rapid iterations and you don't um, necessarily have to think about the first version and get nailing it right, uh, but lean methodologies and whatnot, that evolution starting from day zero, uh, I, I really set, I believe set the precedent for AOL and it carried on. Um, if you look at uh, you hear PayPal Mafia, well look up the AOL Mafia. <laughs> And you'll see that spread out through the industry very, very widely. Um, So I think that history, day zero, um, being around for all of it, I I think that was the embodiment of of that culture and success. That's awesome that you
2: were able to forge your product career in that environment. Uh, And I know you've seen a lot of different product cultures along the way. I'm sure you've seen a lot of high-functioning product teams. You've probably seen some product teams with dysfunction because pretty much every startup team has dysfunction in some way, shape, or form. Um, we can cover the dysfunction stuff after the functional stuff. What, what do you think um, really helps product teams build great products when you think about that culture and environment uh, that you have on any team?
0: Oh, great question, Matt. I, I think uh, I feel strongly that culture eats strategy for breakfast. You might see a poster around it. I, I really feel that way. Um, and it, it really varies on how you look at product, but that's, that's where I stem from. And uh, Brian Murphy, he, he mentioned hey, at any given point in time, the company knows what are the three most important things, what are the three questions that they ask. That's part of the the culture that you set up. Um, So building that kind of culture, uh, setting the right company mission and vision and actually meaning, uh, put some meaning behind it and um, actually lead by example, uh, I think those are the aspects that really help set up um, a high-performing product culture. And the rest that follows, the strategy, the execution, the leadership and vision, that, that uh, whether it's a digital or physical product, that carries into it. It's a distillation of those things. So if you truly mean those things and you collect the kind of people, the kind of talent uh, that believe it uh, as much as you do, if not even more in some cases, uh, that will help set you up for success. Um, so missionaries over mercenaries, uh, as um, we like to say.
2: I love that. Do you have any anecdotes from any of the places that you've been uh, and, and led product at? that kind of bring a couple of those different core values to life?
0: Sure. So, um immediately what comes to mind, uh, my time over at, at Zappos. So um, shout out to Jen Lim. Uh, you'll see her book uh, out there. Um, definitely scoop. Oh, they're fantastic. Beyond Happiness. Uh, so co-founder of Delivering Happiness and the mission of Zappos, deliver happiness. Uh, mission of BarkBox, uh, deliver happiness. The d- dogs, make all dogs happy. Um, and we really mean it. Uh, through and through. So the core values that uh, Zappos has set up, there's 10 core values. And typically, um, you've been at your various companies. Some companies take it more seriously than others. Uh, It's a fairly democratic process that happened over at Zappos and uh, hundreds of core values distilled into 10. And it was all purely organic and we meant every single word of it. And this was no separation between professional and personal life. And I think that is exceptionally key Uh, You bring your whole self to work. Uh, You reduce the things that um, might separate yourself and how you carry yourself through and through. Um, Setting up those core values, Zappos is is probably uh, the number one example that I can think of. And um, I promise you, you see a Zapponian at the grocery store, they'll they'll carry themselves the same way as they would at work in any other setting. Uh, So I try to carry that on and be a leading example of that uh, wherever I go.
2: I remember getting a tour of uh, Zappos maybe around 2010, 2011 time frame, uh, and you could just feel the vibe and the energy in that office. What's the vibe like at BarkBox, particularly like in the product section? Like, do you all sit together? Does everyone have their own private office? What's the what's the general kind of like collaboration and cadence of maybe some of those stand-ups, or product reviews, or road mapping?
0: Sure, yeah. So uh, it's a bit tricky in um, this hybrid environment. So mostly, we, we've been remote. And I, I guess we virtually sit alongside each other. Uh, so there's a, a variety of different um, models where uh, I see product teams. And uh, there's no right or wrong way. But um, I've seen organizations where um, you have respective product folks sit within their product development teams mostly. And then you have a community of practice. You come together frequently, once a week, once a month, whatever that cadence is right for you. There's no right or wrong way. but again, going back into the culture that you want to set and where you want to over-index on. Uh, So for us, uh, over at BarkBox, it's a combination of those things. I would say we over-index on product people spending a lot of their time with, I would say, their micro companies. So think of it as startups within a a bigger startup. They're they're all CEOs, respective CEOs, product decision makers uh, within their product development team that's inclusive of engineers, designers, uh, QA, et cetera. Um, so they spend their time as a micro company family, so to speak, and they gel built that chemistry and that's, that's how we like it. And we have our community of practice where we're on Slack. Most of these days, and we're exchanging messages all the time. And once, in, uh, once a week we'll meet up as a team, uh, formally, and it's an open invite to the rest of the company as well.
2: Love that. Uh, thanks for giving us a little peek into what the culture's like at BarkBox. Uh, you mentioned Slack. Are there any other tools that you personally just love? Because I know there's literally hundreds that uh, any product developer could potentially use. But do you have any that you in particular like and, and why?
0: Sure, yeah. Um, so I've been in the Google Workspace, the Google Suite, Google Docs. You can't, can't escape. It is fantastic. Uh, I think there's um, a lot of good uh, complementary products or even competitors in the space. Uh, Notion is a fantastic tool set, too, with Product management and where product is headed, writing is very key, especially in this asynchronous remote world. Um, so I find tools like uh, Notion, and I've even played with, with Coda as well, which is like a Notion competitor. It makes life a lot easier. There's templated, um, a template for anything that you can think of to create product artifacts, set the strategy, and help out with the execution. Um, and you can customize it to the, well, the culture that you want to create. Um, so. Those tools come to mind. Um, other ones, I'd say like the add-ons within the ecosystem. So you might find nuance that um, create more fun uh, in, in a lively workspace. So pick your favorite Slack add-on, question of the day, whatever it might be. Uh, Wordle is all the craze right now. I'd be surprised if there isn't an add-on. I'm going to look it up right after this. Um, that, uh, that ecosystem that the tools create, I-, I think that's the other aspect that I enjoy too. Love that! Thanks for
2: sharing some of those. Um, just to dive one layer deeper on on Notion, are there any particular artifacts or, or ways that you you've used that to help guide the culture, especially to, as you put it, you know, the asynchronous, uh, all virtual sort of world?
0: Sure. Yeah. So uh, for me, I, I use it as uh, a productivity tool. <laughs> um, so you can build a Kanban board for anything and um, leading product across a variety of different. Uh, aspects, customer facing and and non, a variety of different teams to look over um, and keeping my eye on the ball, making sure that we're all aligned towards the company mission and vision. It helps me dissect the various things. And let's go with uh, the Brian Murphy example. Uh, I'll know on any given part of the departments, the way that we're organized, any given team, what the top three to five things are, and if it's in alignment, and if those are the biggest bets that we should be making at any given time. Notion helps me organize that uh, quite well. And um, I, I try to broadly share out everything. Uh, it helps with open transparency, too.
2: Love that. Um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit and talk about one of the projects you're involved with, because I'm, I'm a huge fan, supporter, signed it myself. Uh, even though my, my title is not specifically product-focused, I wear that hat currently at, at my startup. So can you talk a little bit about the product manifesto and what how that came about?
0: Sure. Um, so folks in the, the room, um, are you familiar with the Agile? Manifesto. Uh, are you familiar on how old it might be? All right. So Agile Manifesto for those who aren't familiar that that uh, really created a wave in the way that you do product development. Um, particularly uh, back in the day, a lot uh, waterfall. That that's a methodology that's fairly top down. You got to figure things out way ahead of time, spec it out before you build it and ship, and you'll find out whether it works or not. A massive, massive size bet. Agile brings you closer to your customers and your stakeholders and a leaner methodology to figure out what works um, and uh, increase your chances of success. So that's the background of Agile Manifesto 20 years ago. A lot of fantastic principles and we felt like we could add a complementary aspect to it. Uh, product development, especially now in the digital, um, hyper-digital age, uh, there's a lot of nuances. There, there's no right or wrong way, but we felt like we could help companies and people figure out uh, a better first foot forward into product. Believe me, anybody out here, if you are any way, shape, or form shipping something and putting something in front of uh, a customer, you are in product. I I don't care if your title is not a product manager. Uh, Even if you're an engineer, designer, I just put product in the front. You're a product person. Um, If you have any influence or control within it, I promise you that that's just how I see it. Uh, You are a product person, so how can I help? How can our community help you? a better product person Uh, that's the the ethos of it we just want to give back to the community especially as um, uh, this um, accelerating profession picks up and uh, more and more people and companies are seeing the value in it
2: well and tons of uh tons of more continued lessons uh learning to be found there where can people find the product manifesto
0: sure um well don't take my word for it i think the url is theproductmanifesto.com Uh, I'll double check. Uh, If that doesn't work, try productmanifesto.com or, of course, a a Google search.
2: Awesome. Andrew, thanks so much for sharing. I I could ask you questions for another hour, but we don't have the time. Uh, So I just want to say thanks so much.
1: All right. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Matt. Loved hearing your conversation about product development and your mindset, especially coming from the product background myself, building products for AOL with you. Uh, it's interesting, and you know, to hear this again, and obviously, love, um, love hearing what you're up to. All right, so definitely, definitely, somebody we need to know if you're in the product space, you definitely want to go check out Andrew and his uh, social following and everything he's got going on because he's talking about this stuff all the time. All right, also wanted to mention that uh, if I hadn't already, that this the summit that we just heard that conversation from was streamed live. So if you didn't get a chance to attend, you can watch the sessions online. Just go over to soty.link forward slash EST YouTube. Uh, it's a lot easier than searching YouTube for the established YouTube account, which is another way to do it. Uh, but if you just go to sot SOTY.link forward slash EST YouTube, it's a direct link to uh, some of these the sessions and, and the live live stream, which you can watch for a couple days because it, it went on for a couple days. So hope you enjoy it and uh, hope you learn something from that. And for those of you you listeners that are just jumping in for the podcast and you like this conversation, we appreciate you being here and we hopefully, you know, hopefully you learn something and find it helpful. If you did, please do share it uh, or apply whatever you learned, obviously, but uh, share with share the conversation with someone that you think that uh, could benefit as well. We really believe in sharing and and helping each other. So uh, please do so and sharing is caring. So thanks so much for doing that. And uh, we've come to the conclusion of this episode. So hopefully you you learned something, you found it interesting, and uh, appreciated the conversations as much as I did. Uh, remember, if you have a startup idea or you've got a startup um, you want to get it going, um, you know, get it going today. Keep moving, keep moving forward, make progress, keep swimming. It's a it's a long track, it's a journey, it's not a overnight success. So keep it going, get it get it going. And uh, in doing so, I hope you uh, you know come to us and join our community for access to support, expert advice resources, and everything you need to help elevate your startup as you get it going. So that's what we're here for. Just simply go to SOTY.link forward slash apply to join the community or go to startupofyear.com and you can find the application there uh, as well. Until next time, I'm Frank Gruber. Thanks so much for being here. Appreciate what you do. And remember, keep swimming. Thanks again.
0: Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.